Exodus chapter 22 and verse 20 says, He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. I'll be thinking just for a little while this afternoon on the subject, sacrifices, sacrifices. Uh, the word sacrifice here in the passage means to kill or to slaughter, but it's also known as making an offering unto something else. And we know that something else, he says, into any God save the Lord only. Okay? So the, the idea of sacrifices, as we get into the Mosaic law or the law, and the Levitical priesthood of those things pertaining to the priests under the under the law, through the through the um, tabernacle and the temple, that the idea of sacrifices was not a new thing. In fact, it was a very rich and old thing from the very beginning. So before we dig into uh, who to sacrifice to, let's let's think about what these sacrifices were representing. If you if you take a walk with me back. Through the, through the book of Genesis, there were historical sacrifices. And the first sacrifice that was made, I believe, was made by a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ himself in Genesis chapter 2. So, so or chapter 3, but it's, it's, it's brought forward from chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, the, the, the concept of the penalty of sin is laid out there. Okay? The concept of the penalty of sin. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17 says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. We've read that maybe a bazillion times in your life, exaggerating, of course. But no doubt you have heard that when Adam and Eve, they were told by God, Adam specifically was told by God, the day you eat that, you're going to die. Chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. They ate it. He ate it. Verse 7, the eyes of them were bo both were open and they knew that they were naked. They, they were now Afflicted by sin, whereas they were not before. They deserve to die. And they sewed fig leaves together, the, the works of their hands. They tried to, uh, tried to clothe their nakedness. They tried to, to conceal their sin before God and made themselves aprons. Chapter 3 and verse 21. And unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them? They were not appropriately clothed by the works of their hands or by the, the, the merits of their newfound religion. But God Almighty clothed them. Well, it's hard to take something skin without killing it. He clothed them. Christ Almighty, I believe, pre-incarnate Christ Almighty, gave them a vivid image of the gospel, how that they should have died, but the sacrifice of that animal, it died instead. And that pointed directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. They should have died because of sin, but that animal died instead. I believe that they taught Cain and Abel and Seth, the generations, they taught the generations that very idea. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, and she, bare, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, a sacrifice, a, 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 a way to try to appease God, to come before God. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. That offering, that flesh and blood offering, that sacrifice, that slaughter, that kill, pictured the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
And God Almighty accepted that offering. The type there, and you can read that in Hebrews chapter 11, that spoke of better things. The type there, that picture, that sacrifice pictured the work of Jesus Christ and the things of of Cain, his hands, the, the fruit of his labor. And I'm sure he was a wonderful farmer. But the works of his hands were not good enough unto the saving and respect from God. In Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 8, sacrifices were not a new thing. These things were passed down, handed down, the picture of the gospel. Chapter 8, after Noah and his family had come off the ark, verse 15, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee. Of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth. Well, how is that possible? God had just flooded the earth. He rescued alive these things through the ark. And be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. They should have died, but they didn't. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the, the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is present tense, not was, is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. That sacrifice that Noah had made with his sons, the sacrifice that he had shown, it pointed to the the finished work of Jesus Christ, the the blood that was, was going to be shed for sins. So when we read in our text, He that sacrificeth, it's a given that sacrifice would be made. It's a given that shedding of blood would be made. We're given a hint of the conditions of those things. He that sacrificeth unto any God, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. In Genesis chapter 12, after Abram was shown the land of Canaan, what did he do? He built an altar. In Genesis chapter 22, the Lord said, Take your son, your only son, and go up in the mount. Kill him. Abram said unto him, The Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Job, what did he do? In Job chapter 1, look there. So Job lived about the time of Abraham. Okay? So understand that these are all these things are happening around the same time. Job verse chapter one verses one and two. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. This is the word of God saying about that, so it's true. And there were born of him, unto him seven sons and three daughters. Verses four and five, and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And so it was when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and, uh, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of, all, of them all. He's leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ, that picture. He, he's leaning at Messiah, the Lord. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned. Why sacrifices? Why would they offer sacrifices? Adam had sinned. Right? Adam had sinned. Cain and Abel had sinned, but Abel had the sacrifice of blood. Noah, he saw the world perish and he relied on the blood of Messiah. He offered sacrifice, as did Abram. Now, Job, we see, he sacrificed burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did, thus 
did Job continually. So the idea at the time that this was given there at Sinai in Exodus chapter 22, the idea of, the idea of sacrifices was not a new thing. But there were a multitude of sacrifices that were going on in that day. The Lord specified that sacrifices would not be done except they be done unto the Lord. And it must be done His way, by the way. A sacrifice unto the Lord. It was already understood that the sacrifice unto the Lord was because of sin. So moving forward from here, we're going to see that every time a sacrifice is required, it's going to be because of sin. What a, what, a wonderful, what a wonderful picture of Jesus Christ. Child of God, every time sin rolls through our mind or comes before us or is evident in our hands, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ should come forward and repentance and, and gladness in Christ should overwhelm us. We should be steadily reminded that sacrifice unto God and unto God alone, acceptable and holy by the finished work of Jesus Christ, has paid our ransom. And no other sacrifice will do, and sacrifice to any other God will not do. It was already understood that the sacrifice pointing to Christ would appease God, that God would be satisfied by those things. Again, God himself clothed Adam and Eve, and they lived. He said, the day you eat it, you're going to die, but they didn't die. God consoled himself in the slaying of another, that substitute. The sacrifices of the Old Testament under the, under the law, the sacrifices, oh, it was bloody. It ran like a river day after day after day. Sacrifices. The sinfulness of man was evident. The grace of God abounded. While all those sacrifices were going on, yet there was that glory shining over the, 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 the holiest of all. That priest, once a year in the Day of Atonement, he would go in before the, the Ark of the Covenant. And year by year, those sacrifices, which could never take away sin, pointed to what Jesus would do. Yeah. How then could the children of Israel dare to sacrifice other sacrifices. Yet those sons of Aaron did. How could they dare sacrifice under other gods? Yet they did. It was evident, it was evident that these sacrifices were pleasing to God and that they were picturing Jesus Christ who ultimately satisfied the wrath of God. Moving forward under the priesthood, these principles would continue under each sacrifice. And we're going to read in time to come through the book of Leviticus. There were different kinds of sacrifice, the, the peace offering and the meat offering and, and, and the sin offering, all these different offerings, each one of them picturing the Lord Jesus Christ, each for a different reason, each accomplishing something, something from a different point of view. Same, same thing, but, but pointing, having a different point of view. But in Hebrews chapter 9, I want you to see something. So again, under the priesthood, this is, this is the law being given. This now, we're going from, from God giving an individual, Adam, the sacrifice, and it continuing through Noah, through Abram, through, through Job. It continued until the day they were at Sinai, and then he says, this is the way you're going to do it. In Hebrews chapter 9, and I believe that continued until Jesus Christ came in the flesh, established his church, and said, this is the way you're going to do it until I come back. Yep. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 19. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, that's where we are in Exodus chapter 22. He took the blood of the calves and of goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkle both the book and all the people. Talking about those sacrifices, right? Saying this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. God said these are the sacrifices, these are the laws, these are the things, this is what we're supposed to do. 
Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged, cleansed with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. We talked about remission or forgiveness of sins this morning. Without the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there is no forgiveness of sins. From the very beginning, the sacrifice is pictured, the finished work of Jesus Christ, through which sinners have forgiveness of sins. Wonderful. Christ completed the sacrifices. Whatever he says in our text, he, he that sacrificeth unto any God, that sacrificeth is a continual verb. Those, those sacrifices were going to continue until they didn't. He said, it is finished. The veil rent. It was done. There is no more offering for sin. Where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. We read that this morning in Hebrews chapter 10. Thank God the sacrificial work, the shedding of blood by Jesus Christ is complete. So then the question is asked. They had sacrifices under the law. The question is asked. Are sacrifices done for the believer? Now, the work of salvation is done. Are the sacrifices that point to Jesus Christ, are they completed and are they done away with? Today, our sacrifices, we do offer sacrifices. They point to the Lord Jesus Christ, but they are an altogether different procedure. You're not told to get a goat or a bull or a calf and go out into a field and cut its neck and, and clean it out and everything and then burn it or bring it to a priest. That's right. No longer offering sacrifices on the altar. But, but listen, child of God, to understand this and, and for us today, he that sacrificeth, we do make sacrifices. We do offer sacrifices. Look at Romans chapter 12. So of your life, again, you're not to take bulls and, and calves and goats and, and doves and, and, and that type of thing. You're not, you're not to do that. Romans chapter 12, though, does say that you are to bring a sacrifice. Not that you are to save yourself. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Don't slaughter yourself, but do indeed take up your cross and follow him. A living sacrifice. What does that mean? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The sacrifice that a child of God is to make because of his shedding of blood and because of the forgiveness of sins, not in order to, but because of, is to live for him. Many offer sacrifices. Many children of God offer sacrifices, but they're not sacrificing unto God. They're sacrificing unto themselves. They're living unto themselves and not living holy and acceptable unto God, but living footloose and fancy free, acceptable to themselves. That's no sacrifice. Remember, sacrifices, go back to our text. He that sacrifices unto any God, save unto the Lord. So if, we're to, if our bodies are to be a living sacrifice, it would be unto the Lord yeah. and not unto me. And not unto you. Right. And not unto the football team or to the baseball team or to the school function. Not unto my feelings. A living sacrifice unto God, but children of God, oh, how often do we make sacrifice unto ourselves or unto other things other than the living God? We sing a song from time to time. I'll live for him who died for me. How happy then my life shall be. I'll live for him who died for me, my Savior and my God. But is that song true? Do I truly live for him as a living sacrifice? Or do I sacrifice myself for leisure, for time, for pleasure, or whatever? How are the children of God today? They were to 
make sacrifices because of sin, pointing to Jesus Christ. Looking back toward the work of Christ, we are to live a life serving him as a living sacrifice. They look forward, we look back. Their sacrifices could never take away sin. My sacrifice, Jesus Christ, because he did take away my sin, I am to live for him. That's my reasonable service, it, it would say. That's what it says in chapter 12, verse 1 of Romans. But what else? What, are else? what else are the sacrifices, the child of God? Look in the book of Hosea. Hosea. Hosea and chapter 14 page 905 if you have the same Bible that I have 905 O Israel chapter 14 verse 1 O Israel return unto the Lord thy God for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity take with you words take you with you words and turn to the Lord say unto him take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. Yeah. Now, there's a sense where we could just do lip service. There's a lot of people that say, oh, yes, I love the Lord. And and we studied that in First John. Some say, I know him, but they're liars because they don't keep his commandments. But our living, our walking, and our talking should testify, should be sacrificial unto the Lord. Should be sacrificial unto the Lord. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. It says in verse 15. By him, or because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and, and, and his gospel, his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection, I should have died. He died instead. By him... Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, not praise of man, not praise of, uh, of one another, not, not even praise to the creation, but to the creator, to the praise of God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The idea of sacrifices was because of sin. It was to approach unto God by that sacrifice and Jesus Christ, his, his work. Indeed, one may approach unto God because of his sacrifice. Children of God, we are to live, again, we are to live, walk, and talk sacrifices unto Jesus Christ. I can't take away my sin, not, because, not in order to be saved, but because of salvation. My sacrifice of my life my walk and my talk should point to Jesus Christ with all thankfulness that he has saved me from my sins. As I said earlier, when sin comes upon the scene, when it comes in the mind, when it comes out of the mouth, when, when it's in the heart, when it works out in our hands, we should thank God for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It should draw us to, to sweet repentance under God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and our living being repented by God being turned by God unto Jesus Christ our living should should flow that very idea it should it should emanate from our mouths he that sacrificeth and in any God save unto the Lord only he shall be utterly destroyed do we sacrifice unto him he didn't say just from time to time or when it comes into your mind. Sacrifices, again, because, were because of sin. To be a living sacrifice, that's moment by moment a living sacrifice, not a maybe here a little and there a little and when, the, when it's convenient and i got nothing else going on. No, it should be our living, our breathing, our being, our doing making true, authentic, New Testament sacrifices unto God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. He died for me. May the gospel flow from my mouth and may, may the work of God be evident in my life.
How easy is it, though, for us to sacrifice under any other things? Tell you what, George Washington didn't die for me. I might have been named after him, but he didn't die for me. This country, the Second Amendment, they're not our gods, nor should we offer sacrifices unto them. People offer sacrifices under their pride. They offer sacrifices under their self. People destroy their families at the altar of self-interest. They worship the God of id and ego. They worship the God of money and passion and desire. They worship the fun of uh, the, the God of fun and joy. Oh, I, today, uh, oh yes, oh the, the, the bells and the whistles and the deck the halls with boughs of holly and whatever. Oh, I know what it means to me. This so-called holiday, they will sacrifice everything unto idols, making themselves gods. They will do anything and everything but offer the sacrifice of the lips and offer a sacrifice of living unto God. We studied, and, and, and Brother uh, Christ preached last weekend the arm of God and salvation, and he walked us through Romans chapter 9. Remember, he, he talked about the potter and the clay. Well, if that potter graciously taking of that lump and, and saving it from wrath and saving it to himself, takes that lump and sets it and says, be holy for I am holy. Is he an unjust God for saying that? I think he's a pretty amazing God for saying that. Everything he says is right and good. So if he were to declare his will unto his people and what manner of people we are to be, it must be right and good. But folk think that God's word and his parameters of living are not right and good. Oh, surely God's, God must have some evil. He must be trying to withhold me from my pleasures. Sacrificing unto themselves, they condemn God for his holiness. You ever think about it that way? Oh, yes, God says I should do this by his word, but I'm going to, rather than sacrificing my life and my living to him, I'm going to sacrifice my life and my living to my way of doing things. Thus they condemn God and his word. Whoso he that sacrificeth unto any God, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. That's sobering, isn't it? Sobering. Well, these other sacrifices, think about this. Old Testament principles, they were to make or to kill or to slaughter. Uh, they, they would do that unto other gods. They were told not to, but they would do that. They would make obeisance. They would, they would worship other gods with their sacrifices. They would do that. They, the children of Israel did that. But they, stood, they were at the foot of the mountain. They, they felt the quaking and the thundering. Remember they said back in chapter 21, Oh, Lord, Moses, talk to God lest we perish. Chapter, chapter 20 and 21, if we talk to him, we're going to die. you got to talk to him for us. And these same people, Days later, we're cutting off their earrings and their, their whatnots, and they made calves of gold. These be thy gods that brought thee out of Egypt. Not only that, they took it up a notch. God said, it, 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 He that sacrificeth in any god save unto the Lord, he shall, utterly, he shall be utterly destroyed. These people took it up a notch. Look in Jeremiah, please. And, Jeremiah chapter 19, Jeremiah chapter 19 and verse 5, Jeremiah 19 and verse 5, they have built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. People are so sinful, and I say that being a person. I'm a person. People are so sinful. We're so sinful. We will make stuff up to sacrifice unto 
and to sacrifice with, including our own flesh and blood, rather than sacrificing and adhering to the sacrifices as commanded by Jesus Christ himself. It was more pleasant for the children of Israel to burn their own sons than it was for them to depend on the finished work, than to depend on Messiah, Jehovah Elohim. It's pretty rude, isn't it? It's pretty rude. To say it lightly. In a New Testament sense, again, reading our text, Exodus 22 and verse 20, He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord, he shall be utterly destroyed. In the Old Testament, we read historically they brought their, their sacrifices and there was to try to... Uh, to, to, uh, it, was, it was an evident token God had made that he had clothed Adam from the beginning that, and that they could be uh, uh, before God not destroyed. And by Old Testament principle, they messed that up beyond agreeing. New Testament principle, we are to live unto the Lord with all holiness and for his glory. That would be the sacrifice. It says he that sacrificeth every single person that lives and has ever lived makes sacrifices. And every single person, whether they're uh, devout religious or whether they're atheists and they don't believe anything maybe, everyone's making sacrifices. Children of God, our sacrifices, we're to live unto the Lord because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And to do so desiring... For the glory of God to be pleasing in his sight. Yet people who call themselves the children of God make sacrifice under the lust of their flesh every day, all day, every day, all day. Sex, drugs, hedonism, doing whatever feels good. Gluttony of all sorts. Just pile it in. Whatever feels good, whatever by the senses feels good, just pile it on. Making sacrifice to self. And I say people, again, I'm a person. I'm a sinner. Thank God for the finished work of Jesus Christ. People live today in the lust of the eyes. Whatever, whatever they see, whatever we see, I want it, I need it, I want it, I want to have it. Covetousness. People sacrificing unto the God of the pride of life, lifestyle. Remember that show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? What's his name? The British guy was the narrator. He was living it up, sacrificing their entire lives, their entire families. Go back to Genesis, excuse me, Exodus. Exodus. And verses 4 and 5. And thou shalt not make, any, uh, make unto thee any graven image or likeness of any thing that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. Also not make sacrifice unto them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Those that sacrifice unto God of self are sacrificing by the word of God three and four generations of people. And showing mercy unto thousands of generations of them that love me and keep my commandments. Please, please, I'm, God doesn't beg, but I will. I'm begging you not to sacrifice unto any other God but unto the Lord and He alone. Do not live unto any other God but unto the Lord God of the Bible, the God, that Jesus Christ and His gospel. Do not sacrifice the calves of your lips unto any other God, whether pleasure or whatever, unto any other God save the God of redemption, the Father sending His Son and by the Spirit making His people alive. Please, 
what do people sacrifice? They sacrifice their lives. People, people sacrifice their entire life trying to gain something or get something or be something. Rather than sacrificing their life unto God Almighty, being a living sacrifice. Would you say that Paul's life was a life wasted? Oh, he was smart. He, he had such attitude. He could have been, he, he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He could have been somebody. Was his life a waste? No, he was a living sacrifice unto God. People sacrifice their time. I'm guilty of this. It's a whole lot easier to scroll on Facebook for 10, 15, 20 minutes than it is to pick up God's Word and read it for five. Sacrifice their time. They sacrifice their families. People traipse their families all over the place, going to all kinds of different things. They'll do anything but entertain the Word of God in the house of God. Oh, that's offensive. That's offensive. They'll sacrifice their families because of their, their emotions, their sensibilities. People sacrifice their resources. Not just finances, but that's included. You know, the Lord doesn't need my tithing. He doesn't need, he, he has all creation in the, in the palm of his hand. He doesn't, he doesn't need my resources, but giving resources over to other gods like that old, um, that, uh, that, that lottery machine or the, uh, that slot machine, the resources into false gods, their energies. What do I mean by energy? Delight. You know, people get really excited about things. They get really excited about things. The, the, the energy that someone has, they sacrifice that, and then, oh, I don't have time. What do I mean by that? People spend their whole days, the entire day, worshiping other gods, and then when it's time to come home and read the Word of God, or when it's time to come home and settle under, under the bow of God's mercies and considerations, oh, I'm just too tired to pray. I'm just too tired to think about those things. I'm just too tired. My energy was far better spent in every other God save unto the Lord only. That song that we sang, or one of the songs we sang before, uh, the services. It was to the tune of our best. I don't know if you've ever read that song or not before, but it, it's a call to the children of God to literally give our best unto the master. Everything we got. If I need to shout, I need to shout louder for the Lord. If I need to walk, I need to walk faster for the Lord. If I need to rise up or sit down, I need to rise up or sit down with all my energies, with my best resources unto the Lord. People sacrifice their everything. They sacrifice their eternity on the false gods. Everything. He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. This is a sore subject. This holiday that we're upon right now, there are people that call themselves Sovereign Grace Landmark Missionary Baptist and they celebrate this holiday and it's offensive. It's offensive to God. They are worshiping. They are, they are sacrificing. Oh, it's, it's, it's not idolatry to me. Well, what is it to God? Yeah. What does he call it? I don't remember him asking me what I call it. He calls it idolatry. He that sacrificeth unto any God save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. You can read in Jeremiah chapter 10 about him decking a tree out and cutting it down and it just sits there. It's not God. The Romans, the ancient Romans, they, they worshiped December 25th. They celebrated Sol Invictus, the sun god, and Saturnalia. Oh yeah, the sun is coming back. The Scandinavians, you know, Thor and Odin, the, all those, the Norse gods. They thought the Norse gods were getting closer to Midgard. So they lit the Yule log. You ever heard of a Yule log? They lit the Yule log to, to, to help uh, bring back or entice back all these gods back to the earth so the days would be longer again. Odin is known as Yolnir, which means Yule One. I don't know if you knew that. All these presents and everything all started back in 
Oh, these are written about in the, in the Old Testament. Yet people, they call it good. Oh, it's Christ to me. Again, what is it to God? He that sacrificeth unto the God, save unto the Lord only. He shall be utterly destroyed. We should examine ourselves in these things. We're to speak the sacrifices of our lips unto the Lord. Consider Matthew, please. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Speaking again, uh, we're talking about in the Old Testament, they were to give blood sacrifices which pointed forward to Jesus Christ. And they were to do those sacrifices because they sinned. And, and sin requires a sacrifice. As New Testament believers, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has taken away our sins. And we are to offer the sacrifice of our living and the sacrifice of our lips. In Matthew chapter 12, Verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. What's important to you will come out of your mouth. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. What are the sacrifices of your lips? Are they good things or evil things? Sobering question. Verse 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Not just based on what you say, you'll be saved or not, but the things that, what's important to somebody, they'll talk about. That's what he said. So then, what are the calves of the heart? What are the calves of the lips, that is? I've known people, they just swear away, just let it go, and then they find out I'm a pastor. And, oh, yes, I believe this. And their language all of a sudden straightens up. Well, what's the, what's the nature of their heart? What comes out of the mouth? What do you talk about? What do I talk about? Is it politics? Is it sports? Is it whatever? Echo with the psalmist, Psalm 19. Psalm number 19. Psalm number 19 and verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sin. Just jumping into sin, arrogant sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Doesn't that read like it's a sacrifice? What's acceptable in the sight of God? The finished work of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice. Was Adam acceptable in the sight of God? No, but that sacrifice permitted him to live. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Children of God, I would encourage you to offer sacrifice unto no other God. By the word of God, offer sacrifice unto no other God, save unto the Lord, for he is God. That's with the mouth and that's with our efforts. We're to do everything as unto the Lord. Everything as unto the Lord. Well, I wouldn't do that to the Lord. Well, don't do it. That sounds simple enough, doesn't it? What are the consequences? Back in the text, Exodus chapter 22 and verse 20. He that sacrifice unto any God, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Now, in the Old Testament economy, they were to pick up stones and stone people to death. 
That woman that was caught in the act in John chapter 8, by the law, they were to pick up stones and stone her. Okay? Achan and the sin of Ai, they gathered around him and his family and they stoned him to death. That was by the law. I'm not encouraging you at all whatsoever to try to stone people to death or do anything like that. But how seriously does God take sacrifices unto other gods? Consider some things in the New Testament. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verses 14 through 20. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Wait, we're talking, forgiven? I thought they were believers already. Yeah. But these are people that are continuing in sin and these are people that are sacrificing unto other gods, specifically unto themselves and living in sin. And now they have the, the, the drop of the other shoe, if you will. They have the consequences of sin or come upon them. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. The enemy be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man of subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of Three years and six months. How effectual was prayer? Well, God works and God moves. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Thinking back to those that had sinned and, and were sick because of their sins. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. One continuing in sin. The Lord has right and prerogative to take somebody out. One repenting of their sin, leaving off sacrifice unto other gods and saving unto the Lord and he alone because of salvation. This isn't saving their soul that I can't save your soul. This is saving from death, from being destroyed, for worshiping false gods. This is a New Testament writing. Yeah. It shall hide a multitude of sins. Likewise, in 1 John, as we've read multiple times, 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that, that is a sin not, not unto death. There is a sin unto death. What in the world could that be? Sacrificing unto other gods. I do not say that he should pray for it. Why do I say it's sacrificing unto the gods? Well, how does John close this book? Little children, keep yourself from idols. What's well, an idol? It's a false representation of deity. Keep yourself from sinning against God by sacrificing unto whatever strange and foreign concept you have of God that you can just do as you please. That you don't have to give your life as a living sacrifice. That you don't have to speak of His name. That you can just live unto yourself. That would be, oh, that would be so dangerous to live unto sin. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death, but there is a sin unto death. 2 Kings chapter 17, don't turn there. It talks about the, the northern kingdom being carried away, but the Lord said, oh, I sent you my messengers. I sent you my, I sent you my prophets. I sent you my people. But you stiffen your necks. You harden your hearts. You worshiped all these other gods. You sacrificed unto them. You would not repent. You would have none of these things, and now you're carried away. Now I'm angry with you. Read through the epistles on your own time. Read them. And see if the Lord means business concerning sin and worshiping the other gods. Read the letters to the churches in Asia and see if the Lord means business. He told that woman Jezebel and her kids, hey, look, you're on a sick bed. Death is coming. These are not merely Old Testament principles, y'all. If you go back to the text, read it again. Exodus chapter 22. And verse 20, he that sacrificeth unto any God, save unto the Lord only, 
He shall be utterly destroyed. There's many today that mock the Lord. They mock the Lord and they, they sacrifice unto everything and anyone and do whatever they please. It says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Well, what about all so-and-so? They, they say they're saved and they just live a life of chaos and they, they're worshiping themselves their whole lives and they're, they're doing fine. I believe God's word. And it could be very well that those people aren't saved. God's word declares that the people of God are to sacrifice unto the Lord and he alone. Children of God, you've experienced chastisement before. Why did chastisement come? Because you were worshiping yourself or your idea of God rather than worshiping God. You were caught in sin and you were corrected by God. You were sacrificing unto other gods. Thank God for his correction. Thank God for chastisement. Don't be deceived that one can live a life sacrificing unto other gods and everything be okay. If everything's okay, there's a saying that if everything's going right, something's wrong. If someone claiming to be a child of God can just go live, however, sacrificing into every God, yet not being a living sacrifice and their testimony just be rank, that person is without Christ. If that person is you, then you're without Christ. Children of God, I encourage you to sacrifice. Do sacrifice. You can't sacrifice unto salvation. We've already covered that. But I do encourage you to sacrifice unto the Lord in your living. What kind of son are you? What kind of husband are you? What kind of wife are you? What kind of daughter are you? What kind of, what kind of church member are you? What kind of, what kind of mom are you? Daddy? Whatever. Everything about you, everything about me, everything in our living, we should be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Everything. Completely spoiled of ourselves, living unto God. Wouldn't that be reasonable? I think it would be. The sacrifice, we're to sacrifice unto the Lord with our mouths. And not just on Sunday, and not just when there's other church people around. With our mouths. You know, we, we, we talk about how, how sinful this world is. Just a little bit of a light in this dark and sinful world ought to be very bright. If we're doing it just a little, it would be evident in the way things are. Look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. In verse 27, he says, Only let your conversation or your living, your citizenship, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Only let that. Not, oh, by the way, let it be. Only let it. There should never be a time when my conversation doesn't become the gospel of Jesus Christ. My, My way of living doesn't become the gospel of Jesus Christ. That whether I come and see you or be else absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Well, why would we have adversaries? Because our conversation is becoming of the gospel. If someone has no adversaries, if I have no adversaries, if you have no adversaries, my question is, is your conversation becoming of the gospel? And in nothing we terrified be your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation. It's an obvious stamp of God that you're saved. And that of God, it says. Does it say that? It says that. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, some people, oh yeah, I believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Someone says they believe and they're not suffering. They really don't believe anything. 
Someone says they're a believer and they're not, and they're oh yes, I'm sacrificed my life to God, and they have no conflict and they have they have no adversaries for the gospel's sake. They should really examine what God they're sacrificing unto. No, this world will embrace them, Jesus Christ said in John chapter 15. If you're of the world, they will love you. You're not of the world. I've chosen you out of the world. Oh, children of God. We're to sacrifice in the Lord with our living, with our mouths. We're to be a living sacrifice. Our conversation is to be a sacrifice unto God. Holy, acceptable. Don't sacrifice in any other God. Don't sacrifice your life, your time, your family, your resources, your energy. Don't sacrifice other things unto God. Tell you what, don't sacrifice your opinion of God. What do I mean by that? Well, we just read in 1 John chapter 5. It's easy for people to, to start whittling away in their minds at God and who God is just so so-and-so can be saved and so I can go over here and do what I want and whatever. All of a sudden, God is, gives me a liberty of conscience. I can go out start slapping my wife and cheating on her and, and drinking and cuz because he's by the Spirit of God, I've got liberty of conscience. People start changing who God is in their minds so they can go do what they want to do. People sacrifice literally anything and everything. Children of God will do that. Can you relate? I can. I'm, I'm, I'm the one talking about it. I've done that before and so have you. you. You have sinned. You have sacrificed unto other gods. That's what sin is. It's a sacrifice unto self. A dedication unto self rather than dedication unto God. A pleasing of self rather than pleasing of God. Don't sacrifice into any other God. Sacrifice. Live unto and speak of the things of Jesus Christ in every way. And you're uprising and you're downsitting and you're coming in and you're going out. Sacrifices are good and pleasing and expected of a child of God. They did it one way in the Old Testament. I believe the New Testament speaks of the sacrifices of the believer being how we live and what we speak. He that sacrificeth unto any God, save unto the Lord. I encourage you to sacrifice unto the Lord everything you got. Love the Lord with everything you got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sinner, he that sacrificeth unto any God, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. You make sacrifices too. Did you know that? You're making sacrifices too? You're, you're making, sinner, you're making sacrifices, but they're not pleasing unto God. You're outside of that finished work of Jesus Christ, so your best efforts are go back to those aprons of fig leaves and, and, and the, the cornucopia, the vegetable basket and fruit basket that Cain made. The very best sacrifices you have are not pleasing or respected by God. You have dedicated your existence to the God of your own self. Hey, when I sin, I can be like God. I can decide what I want to do. I will rule over me. God does utterly destroy. He does overthrow. Thank God he does. There's a very powerful sense that God does utterly destroy. Always dying, but not dead. He cast alive into the lake of fire. He will one day those that have sacrificed unto other gods. But thank God he does destroy or overthrow sinners, such as myself, who sacrificed unto other gods. He broke down my altars. He removed my efforts. He broke down the, uh, the self-will and, he, and he, he did away with those sacrifices that were pleasing unto my own self. And he presented the sacrifice that, is, that, that, that alone can bring satisfaction unto God himself. And that's the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sacrificed unto God. That is the sacrifice of his gospel substitution.
He laid down his life. He had power to lay it down. He had power to take it up again. And in that death, he suffered the wrath of God. God sent fire into his bones. He did that because he was made. A, he was a fit substitute. He is a fit substitute for his people. He suffered the death of sinners. He himself was laid waste at the hand of God because of sin. He was that right sacrifice. By him sinners live. And by he alone. There is no other God to sacrifice unto unto salvation. And there is no sacrifice unto God whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ and he alone. Sinner, your sacrifices into any other God, not one of them will do right. Baal, Allah, self, Molech, even Satan himself. Paul said, if we are an angel from heaven come and declare unto you another gospel, which is not another, That's right. they're accursed. And he doubled down and said it again, didn't he? Galatians chapter 1. There is no other sacrifice. There is no other God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, bearing the sins of his, uh, his people before God. He died, was buried, and rose again. He's coming back soon. Sinner, I would encourage you to see only that sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation. Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. And in salvation, it would be the supernatural reflex then to offer the sacrifice of your living and the sacrifice of your lips unto him who died for you. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.